<clears throat> the story of slipping and checking. Ever play golf or rather play at it for very few, if any, ever play at it. It's a game that baffles you every hour, every day, every time you go out to play. Before you leave home, you have your mind all made up to play a good game. You have fully set yourself. Your mind is trimmed, your joints properly oiled and clean so they work easily. All is hunky-dory and you play rotten. On another occasion, you go to T1, your mind is clear. You have no particular worries. You're relaxed, your stance perfect. You swing just right, yet for some reason, darn if you know, the club, the club towed your ball and you sliced away off and disgraced yourself in the eyes of all. You go on to another T. You think you have found out why, only to correct those defects to find out now that your ball hooks and makes no distance. It is a tantalizing game. If everything is just right, your ball takes a long jump down the fairway and then rolls about 50 yards and lands so you can get on the green with an approach. But, and here's the game, betwixt and between your mind and the score is difference between doing those thousands of little things just right and doing hundreds of them just wrong. And here's the lesson to be learned, betwixt and between your mind that wants to succeed and the score that fails is the mind that either cares or doesn't care, concentrate or doesn't, slips and slides and checks and corrects. Four, the man who plays golf and the man who plays at it is, one, is the one man who keeps slipping, but he keeps checking. And the other man who keeps slipping does not know it and therefore doesn't check, therefore goes on to play a rotten game until the end of time. That was from B.J. Palmer's The Bigness of the Fellow Within in 1949. So you might say, well, what does that have to do with chiropractic? Why would he put that in, you know, probably one of the most important volumes of all the volumes that he wrote? So I want you to imagine this. I don't know how many of you guys are golfers. I try playing golf. It's not easy. Um, but if you, if you think about the game of golf, you're, if you're standing like this on the tee and you see the flag, you know, a couple of hundred yards away over here, and you take your, your swing and you hit it, right, <clears throat> you are instantly getting feedback, right? You are instantly, absolutely, right at that moment, getting feedback, right? Because you're either going, that either ball's going to go whoosh and fly right up the fairway, right? Beautiful approach. Or you're going to flub it, or you're going to slice it, or you're going to miss it, or something. So you instantaneously get feedback, right? And I think that's really kind of cool, right? Because in how many things do you get instantaneous feedback, right? You set yourself up, and you did something, and then instantly you get feedback and a result you know, from that. Because if you blew it, right, what's the next chance? Next thing you have to do is, all right, oh, that didn't go very well. I'll take a mulligan, and I'll do this again. And now you try to maybe correct some of those you know, swing errors. But that's an instantaneous feedback response. But life isn't like that, is it? And I don't mean life university necessarily. <clears throat> what I mean is life in general. Right? Life is not like that. Right? So a lot of times people do not do what B.J. Palmer calls slipping and checking. Right? Because all of us will slip. It's just human nature. We all will slip at some point in time. But will we, God bless you, will we check? Will we check ourselves? So if you're at the game of life, if you're at the game of golf and you hit <clears throat> and you instantly get this feedback, oh, I blew it there, it just dropped into the water. Well, you can instantly check yourself, right? But what happens if you kept on hitting that same golf ball into the water, into the water, into the water, into the water, right? Your friends be like, uh, can we just move on? Like, how about just forgetting this hole and go to the next one, right? But in the game of life, we don't do that, you see? So you can have behaviors that are messing up your life. And you don't know that those behaviors are messing up your life for six months, a year, two years, five years, right? For instance, someone was asking me yesterday. He said, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, diet and nutrition. And he said, I don't understand it. All my friends eat like really crappy food. They eat McDonald's and they eat fried food and all sorts of stuff. And they're like totally healthy. And, 
you know, I eat that stuff and it kills my stomach, right? What, I don't understand. And I said, do you really think that all your friends who are eating the fried food and the crappy food and the chicken wings and all that kind of stuff, do you really think that they're healthy? Well, they're healthy right now. Yeah, but does that mean you're healthy, right? Right? Is that an expression of health doesn't mean exactly how you are at this very moment. Is what are you building, right? What are you creating inside? You know. So as another example, I gave him. I said, okay. So let's imagine this. Let's say you went out and you, you, and you had something that was healthy, thought you know, supposedly healthy, like tuna fish sandwich, let's say. But the mayonnaise was bad, and then you started throwing up. Would that be healthy? And he said, no. I said, no, no, no. Think about that. Would it be healthy for you to be throwing up bad mayonnaise? Well, yes, I guess it would be, right? Because it's better to throw it up, right, than have it inside of you, right? So he said, yeah, okay, okay, so it, it would be healthy. I said, okay, then take another person. Take, like, some of your friends. They're eating all this crap and eating, eating, eating all this crap, and they develop colon cancer in 20 years, right? And it's right now, they're, they're scraping the insides of their intestine, and they don't know it. They don't know that they're creating the, the feeding ground, the fertile, you know, place to have colon cancer, you know, be, be created. But is that healthy? Well, no. I said, so it's possible for someone to actually have cancer in their body, starting to grow and fester, but they won't know about it for a number of years, and you'll consider that, but it looks on the outside that they're healthy. But then there's another person who's throwing up, and they look unhealthy, but they're really actually healthy. Do you see the dichotomy, right? So looks can be very deceiving, right? Don't judge a book by its cover, right? That old saying. Looks can be very deceiving. So slipping and checking, I think, is super important. This is also important in how we relate our life mentally and emotionally, right? Like the way I slip and check, the, the way I know that I'm doing a good job at the end of the day is did I make a lot of people smile? Right? That is my barometer. So that doesn't just mean students. What that also means is if I go to Kroger's or Whole Foods or Sprouts or Trader Joe's and I'm dealing with the, the checkout person, did I make them smile? Did I engage in conversation, right? We, I was in Toronto for the ICPA this weekend and we're sitting at this, in this cute restaurant down the road from the hotel and with my wife and this waitress comes up and me and my wife, we have this thing that we like sitting next to each other in a restaurant even though they usually put us you know, across from each other like this, but we don't like that, we want to sit side by side. So she puts the menus across from each other and the silverware across from each other, and I pick it up and I put it next to my wife and sit down, and she says, oh, that's so cute. And, uh, and then she walks away, and then she comes back and gets us some water, and, she, and Lisa and I are talking, and I'm holding her hands as we're looking at the menu, and she said, wow, you know, are you guys like newlyweds? You guys like you know, recently married? And I said, no. I said, we've been married 26 years. She said, 26 years? You guys act like newlyweds. And we had this really nice long conversation and we really engaged you know, with her. So we ended up leaving her a really nice tip, right? And we walked out of there saying, wow, that was a nice experience because first off, the food was pretty decent. And second off, the waitress was really nice, right? But I'm sure that the same waitress, if someone walks in with a bad attitude, the same waitress can experience a person who has a bad attitude, who's just like, you didn't give me the water. Like, she wasn't the quickest person in the world, right? She did, did delay in a couple different things. You know, when you're waiting for a check, isn't that the worst thing in the world? Like, you're done with dinner, and now you're waiting for the stupid check, right? And now they're nowhere to be found. And you can get all fumed about that, and smoke can come out of your ears, or whatever. But is that what you want to put out into the universe, right? Will that give you anything back? 
No, a smile will give something back. A smile's like a candle, right? You could light a can you're, if you're a candle and you light a candle, what does that light do? Right? It lights another candle and now everything is brighter. Right? So I like that's what I, what I think about smiles. So so I measure my day based on how many smiles did I give and receive? Because I want to have a good experience, right? Whether I'm in a restaurant, whether I'm at Kroger's, whether I'm at the gas station, wherever I happen to be, I want people to, to smile, right? So I hope that that waitress left a little bit happier, right? That's my point. So it's not just like in my office, our, one of our mottos in my office that we repeat all the time with our interns is, I want people to walk out happier than when they walked in, right? And that's how I know I'm doing a good job. Because if I want to be slipping and checking, because we will all slip and check, right? We're all, slipping and checking is a part of life. You can't, you can't avoid slipping and checking. It's just the way it is, right? And, and sometimes there's going to be what we call the blind sides, right? There's going to be the times when you get hit upside the head, boom, and you don't, didn't even see it coming, right? Whether you fail a class and you've never failed a class before, right? or you fail a part on OSCEs, or you fail a part on boards or something, and you've never, it's just not part of your thing. But there's so much stuff happening here, so many things you have to juggle, sometimes stuff like this happens. And what the problem isn't the failing of the class, or the failing of the OSCE, or the failing of the board. You know what the problem, the thing is? Is what you do about it. Because you could take that failure and say, oh my God, I never failed anything in my life, and I must suck. I shouldn't be a chiropractor. I should just get out of school. I should just quit the program. And some people do that. Or you can say, you know what? This is a lesson, right? This is a slipping and a checking. This is my turn to, I hit that golf ball and I missed it, or I flubbed it, or it went into the water. And I can say, gosh, I guess I didn't really prepare as much as I should have, and I'm going to double down on this, right? So that one section of the boards, that one section on OSCEs, x-ray, or whatever it is that you're having, I'm going to smash it, man. I'm going to get tutoring. I'm going to get Irene Gold. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get past this thing, right? And then in the end, you're going to be a better chiropractor 20 years from now than you would have been if you didn't go through that experience, right? So it's how you look at that experience, right? Slipping and checking is not a bad thing because you could look and you could set up your ball and golf and you go like this and you smash it into a tree and it bounces like this and it goes behind you like this. And you can say, that's it. I hate this stupid game. And you just crack your clubs and just call it quits. You, or you can learn from it, right? It's your, it's your choice. Life is your choice. Your choice on how you want to live this life. You can either learn from all the things, because you will, and I have been doing this for 27 years now in chiropractic, right? And I'm make, I still make mistakes, right? Now, I don't make mistakes that are huge anymore because now I've learned how to make Little mistakes, littler and littler and little, right? So that's the one thing that you're gonna learn. Like right now, when you guys are young and you're in school, you make much bigger mistakes, right? So failing a class, that's a big mistake. But when you're, you're older, you start making littler mistakes. Like, you know, you write a deposit wrong and then they ding you $10 because you wrote a deposit wrong. And I'm all right, all right, that's cool. That's cool. I learned my lesson, gotta double check my math a little bit better. Math is not my strong suit. You know, I had a mathectomy when I was a kid. I remember sitting in calculus class, not knowing what the person said for an entire semester. Like it was just like a breeze was blowing by my ears and I couldn't, there was just no comprehension, right? Anything past algebra, I couldn't. And then when my son was in algebra 
and calculus, all that kind of stuff in high school, and he asked for me for help. I'm like, no, no, this is your mother's thing, right? I do the science stuff, and I do the English stuff. I'm really good at that. The math stuff, that's your mother's thing. Let your mother do that, because I cannot figure this out at all, right? But I, I recognize my weaknesses, right? That's why I have an accountant. I have some friends of mine, why are you wasting your money on an accountant? Because I can't do it myself. I recognize my weakness. I know my mistakes. I know that's where my mistakes lie. I slip all the time when I do these kind of things. It's just part of who I am. It's just I'm not a strong math person, but that's because I have other strengths, right? So the, the whole point of this is with slipping and checking is to understand your life will be filled with slips. No matter who you are or how old you are, you're going to slip. But the question is, are you going to check? Because life is always going to, you know, life's going to knock on the door like this. And you can say, oh, what's that, right? And that's the, you, you go like this and you hit the ball and it doesn't go right. Or life can go like this. And, you know, you go like this and you hit the, you know, oh, forget it. And you just throw your clubs down, right? Or life can just kick the door down, right? If you didn't get it the first two times, life's going to kick the door down. And then what are you going to do about it, right? Like Stephen Covey, one of my favorite authors, if you haven't read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you are missing something, right? Probably one of the greatest books ever written on self-help and positive psychology, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And in that book, he talks about this. He talks about your life is the place between stimulus and response, right? There's an arrow. Here's a stimulus of some sort, and here's your response. And what is the only thing you get a chance to choose? Is the, is the response. You can't choose a stimulus, right? You can't choose what's, what's going to happen out there. You can you control anybody or anything, really? Can you control your friends? Can you control your faculty? Can you control the test? Can you control the weather? Can you control your husband, wife, or partner? Can you control even your dog? Right? You can't control any of this stuff. But what can you control? Your reaction, your thoughts. Your thoughts, right? That's it. That's all you got. He talks about the circle of concern versus the circle of influence, right? Circle of concern is, oh my God, it's raining outside and now I have a bad hair day and what am I going to do and I, what should I, and this is horrible because I, I plan on doing this and I was going to go away and I, I can't go, this, you can't change any of that kind of stuff, right? But the circle of concern, there's only one thing, I mean the circle of influence, there's only one thing that's in that circle of influence and that's you and your thoughts, Right? The place between the stimulus and the response, that arrow is your life, right? That arrow between the stimulus and the response, that arrow is your life. And what you do with your life is completely up to you, right? So you choose your reactions. And if you are, you need to come up with a measure to know if you're slipping and checking, right? Because the game of golf is an easy way to figure out when you're slipping and checking. The game of life not as easy. So you need to come up with some kind of measure. Is, did I have a good day or not? Was I slipping or ch did I check anything? And measure it based on whatever you want. Like for me, it's the number of smiles, right? How many smiles did I create today? Because if I created a lot of smiles and I had a lot of happy patients and a lot of happy students, then I know I did my work. And I know my wife is happy and I made my wife happy and I made my son happy, right? I know I did my work, right? That is how you measure it. Not that, that you have, that's the only way. You may have other measures, and that's great. But that's, <clears throat> in my mind, my measure is slipping and checking. And I know I am slipping too much if, that, if there aren't as many smiles.
right? So I want you guys to think about that. 